This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You're live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Christina Stoyanova and Graham Williams. We've got a great program for you today. Of course, later on in the show, we've got all sorts of uh, app tips and apps of the week. We've got our Hot 5 and what's streaming this week on Netflix, Crave, and Amazon. And uh, we'll be talking with uh, Igor Bona. Igor Bonifacic from Mobile Syrup about all the Apple announcements this week with all the different operating systems. Really cool stuff coming up for uh, the folks out there that uh, own iPhones, Apple Watches, Apple TVs, and Macs. Let's uh, start with some of the news, though, guys. Uh, this is uh, interesting. Citizen urges Trudeau government to send get-out-and-vote message via emergency alerts. That's kind of uh, weird. I mean, did that emergency alert work well to begin with? Okay, so there were a lot of issues with with that emergency alert. I think there were a lot of complaints um, out in the Ontario area because it was used for Amber Alert um, notifications. And so people found that it was a little much to have it, you know, be warning of natural disasters and also do Amber Alerts. So now they want the government to send out voting messages. Is that an appropriate use for it? Is yes. it an emergency so, system? So this is one person who is urging the government to do this. And I, I'm not quite sure he's on the right track here. Um, but he did say that maybe it's not practical or technically feasible to to do this via the emergency alert system, but that he urges them to find a way to get people um to reach people this way and get people out there voting. And I do think voting is important, of course, but I feel that the more messaging we send via this emergency alert system, the more people are going to be inclined to ignore it. Yeah, I'm going to come out on the side of saying uh, absolutely not for this system. Like, under no circumstances should this be. It's not an emergency, right? I mean, we could declare a national holiday for voting. We should probably do that. Um, we should maybe have legally mandated voting, you know, where if you get, you get fined if you don't vote, I'd be happy to see that. This is not an emergency, though, and keep that messaging off my phone. Please and thank you. Talking uh, about... Uh the network as well. The CRTC has uh, decided the network access fees that we all pay on our cell phone bills will support police, EMS, connection costs for the next generation 911. Uh, the previous decision had provincial, territorial, or municipal governments covering the cost. What do you guys think? I think this is a great great idea. I mean, uh, these common connection costs that we have for emergency services uh, right now cut into their budgets. And so being able to have that funded back through a network access fee just makes sense. I mean, we all need these services. We all make use of these services. Anybody pushing back on this one for the few cents a month that it's going to cost really needs to consider what it is that they're pushing back against here, which is possibly something that might save your life. So maybe just settle down and pay the extra 35 cents. <laughs> Microsoft, uh, they have an Android launcher now that lets you track your kids' location and app usage. Microsoft, uh, it's interesting they're uh, into the whole Android world. Uh, What's this one all about, Christina? Uh, So, again, Microsoft is launching some family-focused improvements uh, on Android and the web. Um, And one of them is that it will actually uh, allow you to track family members, which I'm not sure that I love. I know that Microsoft is uh, fairly on the up and up when it comes to security and data and things like that, but I still don't love the fact that you can keep track of people and not give them any privacy and then that data is open for someone to hack and steal, etc. Also in the news here on the app show, Google's in-house incubator made Waze-like app for the New York City subway. This could be interesting. Uh, 
New York subby, I mean, very intricate. Uh, Graham, what's this, what's going on here? Uh, so essentially, I mean, Waze is the uh, service that lets you navigate a little bit more quickly. If you've ever been on perhaps the Toronto subway or the New York subway, you can understand how challenging that can be sometimes in actually finding your way around. So uh, Waze basically uses crowdsourcing to uh, determine data from um, other uh, members of society who are running the same app. So this app is called Pigeon. And so Wait, it will... Pigeon? Yeah, Pigeon. And, um, you know, because, I mean, Pigeon's New York subway kind of yes. makes sense, right? Yeah. And so uh, essentially it's got traffic reports for the subway system. So if uh, a train starts to slow down, uh, if, you know, a train breaks down, doors are held, that kind of thing, you'll actually be able to see the ebb and flow of traffic in, uh, at this time. Uh, both Google and Apple have made a huge uh, foray into indoor mapping, which is great. So being able to navigate indoors and actually know sort of where the shortcuts are and, and how to get around. That, um, that is handy because I was in uh, the St. Louis airport and I used Apple uh, the Apple Maps, and it, it mapped out all the restaurants and coffee shops and everything. It was which, fantastic. Which is great because the wayfinding in a lot of airports, I find, is actually completely substandard, right? Yeah. Like, you can you can be wandering around in Houston for the longest time, and um, it's just... Has anyone ever gotten stuck in the Toronto path? My goodness. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear God, <laughs> yes. I feel. I think actually Guillermo del Toro is actually doing a horror series about people who go down there to die. It's, it's fortunate that they have restaurants in the path because otherwise. <laughs> yeah, that's like, a, if, for the listeners who don't know, the Toronto Path is like this giant underground maze that connects all the downtown buildings. And in it is like a mall. So there's like stores and uh, restaurants, like you said, coffee shops. But it, I don't know how to navigate that. Thing. Well, it's it's a little like uh, like Metrotown here in Vancouver. Uh, you know, there is, uh, I think, what something like five Starbucks and three Rogers stores, and it's like I'll meet you at the Starbucks by the Rogers store. Which one? <laughs> so, uh, navig- indoor navigation apps are obviously going to be on the rise, and uh, tying in assistance with that, I think, is probably going to be the next generation of, of this stuff. We saw some really impressive stuff earlier this week uh, from Apple with how they're revolutionizing Siri, and Google's sort of already there with OK Google. So, this is a really cool app. I dig it. Also in the news, Google Photos is the next big Google service to get a progressive web app. Uh, I love Google Photos. Uh, It does automatic backup of all my photos on my computer uh, and my phone, and uh, it's all free. But uh, they've got some really good other features uh, as well. Now they've got a a better web app. Yeah, so, I mean, this is kind of going hand-in-hand with uh, uh, Google's Google Go, uh, or Android Go initiative, pardon me, where basically they're looking to have lightweight web apps where it's not going to be running on your phone, it's going to be running off of a data connection and uh, through the browser so that you can continue to use these services on phones that might be a little bit lower powered. It's an interesting approach to take. I mean, again, we saw earlier this week that Apple is doubling down on uh, restoring performance and increasing performance even for older devices uh, whereas Google's sort of taking the approach of uh, sort of lightweight devices that don't have powerful hardware, but that can run these services because the services are being run on the back end through a server. Two very different approaches. This is actually really interesting because I find that this makes the market a lot more inclusive. Uh, I mean, in in countries where these devices are harder to come by or they're prohib- prohibitively expensive for people, being able to purchase a lower-powered device is actually really nice and still be able to run all of the things that we can run here. That was your app news uh, this week on the App Show. Let's uh, give some love out to the iPhone users. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. What do you got, Graham? So mastering your email in iOS can be easy if you've got the right gestures with a swipe left or a swipe right. You can archive email, you can flag it and tackle it later, you can delete it, or you can pick from another list of options. But customizing those swipes can really help you use your phone the way that you want to use it. So to do that, 
Tap settings, scroll down and tap mail, then choose swipe options. From there, you can choose swipe left or swipe right and pick what you'd like that action to do. If you're a little swipe happy and you don't want to be swiping, uh, you can actually just turn swiping off altogether. So this is this week's iPhone tip of the week, customizing your swipe options with mail. Thank you, Graham. When we come back, we're going to find out what Apple announced uh, this week for all the iPhone, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and Mac users. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Well, this week, Apple had their big worldwide developer conference and announced uh, a lot of new uh, upgrades to uh, their operating systems for their iPhones, watches, Apple TV, and even the Mac operating system. On the line to help us make sense of it all is Igor Bonifacic from Mobile Syrup. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again. Uh, Igor, so much to talk about. Uh, let's start uh, with the uh, the iPhone. Uh, what was uh, some of the highlights for you on uh, the updates? Um, I'm not a parent, but I think uh, all parents are going to appreciate that Apple is adding much better uh, parental controls, and that's all coming part of a, a feature called Screen Time, which is kind of if you were following along with Google and uh, Google I.O. a couple weeks ago, part of their digital well-being initiative. So we're going to have new features that help with managing screen time. Specifically, there'll be a dashboard that lays out exactly how much time you're using with each app, how much, how many notifications you've received in a given day, and then a uh, breakdown of uh, like app-per-app basis of usage. Uh, so that's one feature. Um, another big one is that, you know, emoji, which everyone loves, uh, there's going to be a couple of new ones, including a tiger. And then taking a page from Samsung, but in classic Apple fashion, doing it one better, there's a new feature called Me Emoji, which uh, you can basically turn yourself into emoji, and you'll be able to send these to friends. You'll also be able to use it as part of like group face chat uh, in, uh, uh, in iOS 12, which is coming later this uh, year. And I should mention, in group FaceTime, it's up to 32 people that can take part. So it was. A can you imagine the, ban- the bandwidth on that? Interesting to see how that plays out later in the year. Yeah, I'm just wondering how much bandwidth that's going to take up when you start getting uh, uh, a, a dozen of your friends on FaceTime at the same time. Yeah, I, I can imagine uh, the big three are really happy about this feature. So. Uh, the the screen time. Let's just quickly go back to that. I you know I know parents will be very happy about that, but maybe that's uh, something good for all of us to see how much time we're spending on our phone and in the different apps. Yeah, you know it's something that like certainly I as someone who you know part of this profession is being addicted to a smartphone just because you have to be constantly using it. It's something I'm looking forward to. Um, I do question, you know, it is a tool and I'm sure it'll be helpful, but at the end of the day, kind of the buck stops at the user, right? So it's one thing to see all of this. And I think for a lot of us, when we do see the usage statistics, they'll be pretty like staggering, right? Um, But then it's another step to take and to actually act upon it. And that's still something like Apple and Google can give you all the tools in the world. But if you're not taking advantage of them, and actually, you know, making full use of them, I question how helpful this is, right? Like a person, you can give a person all the help in the world uh, they'll take, but until they decide to help themselves, um, none of that is going to be helpful. 
Well, at least they uh, are offering us the tools to see how bad we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's uh, talk about the Apple Watch. Uh, they've announced uh, the Apple Watch uh, OS 5 uh, with some features. What were some of the highlights there for you? Yeah, I think the best way to summarize this is that um, Apple is going after Fitbit. And just this uh, past quarter, I believe, in Q1, Apple surpassed uh, Fitbit as the biggest wearables brand in the world. And they're basically, you know, out to eat the company's lunch. Uh, so one thing they're at, you know, one strength of Fitbit has always been kind of the um, social integration uh, when it comes to like challenges and stuff. Apple is adding that. Um, they're adding automatic fitness tracking. That's a feature that's long been on Fitbit's devices. Um, and, and one other feature is there's going to be a new walkie-talkie app, which seems pretty cool where you'll be able to use your Apple Watch as a walkie-talkie uh, that you'll be able to communicate with other Apple Watches. So a bunch of really cool features. And I think just really cementing Apple as kind of uh, really like the Apple Watch is not for everyone and it's not useful to everyone, but for the subset of people for whom it is useful, like it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm a big Apple Watch fan. I don't use it so much for the fitness side, maybe a little, just mm-hmm. you know, to count my steps and what have you. Uh, I like that uh, I have an app that monitors my sleep patterns uh, while I'm wearing it uh, in, in bed. I, I'm just interested. I get your thoughts. Um, you know, right now, to use an Apple Watch, you have to have an iPhone. Do you ever see a day where they'll uh, let Android users in on the fun? Ah, dare to dream, right? Like, it's interesting because, you know, with Wear OS, which is Andro- or Google's um, wearables platform, the majority of users are actually iOS users, not, um, uh, not Android users, which is why Google decided to make the rename it from uh, Android Wear to Wear OS. As for Apple, I just don't see them doing something similar, if only because... They are so much about the closed ecosystem. It is about their garden. Um, and you really have to enter into it and use the um, iPhone in conjunction with the uh, Apple Watch. So unfortunately, like I really do wish this would, because I would love to use the Apple Watch as an Android user as opposed to some of the other options there. Uh, but like I said, I just don't see it happening. Let's talk about the Apple TV Um it was interesting, uh, some of the announcements they had around the Apple TV. It's looking more and more like they're trying to be the uh, the silent cable box killer, really. Yeah, you know, so I think what's really telling about the Apple TV is that this is now the 12th version of um, the operating system. Uh, and you're going to get a features like Dolby Atmos. And according to Apple, the Apple TV 4K is the first device to support those. Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos. Um, so you're getting a bunch of really cool features and enhancements. Um, as for your specific question, it's like, yes, but I still don't see the day where, um, like the best way to conceptualize this is that like this has been a hobby of Apple's for a long time now. Um, and you still get those terrible set-top boxes from uh, your cable provider. Now on the flip side, you know, they did announce some interesting partnerships here where like, you'll be able to use the Apple TV instead of um, one of the set boxes that come from your cable provider. So that is something. Um, whether it'll actually coalesce into that, where it's like, thankfully, I don't need 
the cable box from my provider? I don't know. We'll see. Finally, uh, they also announced some uh, changes to the Mac operating system. Uh, the new version is going to be called Mojave, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the big ones that they were pushing, and obviously I think this is really at the developer and the, uh, the photographers out there, dark mode. Didn't really, yeah, it wasn't a big thing for me, but I think uh, a lot of users out there might appreciate that. Yeah, you know what? So what's interesting about dark mode is it kind of opens up the question of whether we're going to see, like, this might be pie in the sky, but uh, OLED-based uh, Macs. So instead of using an LCD screen, they use an organic uh, light-emitting diode display, which is, you know, really popular among um, smartphones. The new iPhone 10 has that display. Um, and the whole thing with OLEDs is that they don't, uh, they don't need to turn on, they can turn on pixels individually and they're much more efficient when using uh, black tones as opposed to white tones. So it's interesting that they didn't announce this feature uh, alongside uh, iOS uh, 12. But anyway, like, that's one of the features. It could be a big uh, thing if they do decide to go with OLED displays in the future. Other big features we're getting, um, it was interesting. I, I said, you know, with Apple Watch, they were going after uh, Fitbit. Here, they were going after Facebook because they announced all these security features where in Safari, uh, the tracking that websites and uh, ad agencies use will be much less effective because they'll need permission from the user to track them and fingerprint their device. Um, so it seems like Apple picked a bunch of quote-unquote targets, and went after them at WWDC with uh, the features it was announcing. I guess Facebook's a pretty easy target nowadays. <laughs> totally. We're talking with our friend uh, Igor Bonifacic from Mobile Syrup all about uh, Apple's announcements this week. We'll see all of these uh, new changes to the, the different operating systems come in the following months. Thanks for joining us, Igor. When we come back from the break, it's Hot 5 App Countdown time. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and Graham and Christina in today. We uh, will be getting to our Hot 5. This week is Hot 5 Coffee Apps for all the coffee lovers out there. But uh, before we get to that, let's get our Facebook Tip of the Week. What do we got, Graham? Well, our Facebook Tip of the Week, if you've ever wanted to see what kind of person your friends and family are, well, you can uh, with this week's Facebook Tip of the Week. It is, you can see all of the photos that they've liked. This is kind of creepy and kind of weird, right? All the photos they've liked. All the photos that they've liked. If you go to Facebook and you start typing photos liked by in the search box at the top, you'll actually see an autocomplete that will fill in some suggestions. So that'll say, uh, you know, um, photos liked by me, uh, my husband, my girlfriend, my friends, uh, so my sister, my brother, that kind of thing. You can try any combination of these things and you'll get results based on your relationship status and who gave a thumbs up to those images. So you can take it even further. You can say uh, photos liked by followed by your friends' names or even celebrities. And then you can add a modifier like from 2018 or this month or last week to limit the time frame of the pictures. You can even add photos of someone and see pictures of them. So that is how to really get creepy on Facebook uh, with being able to dig into the photos that they've liked or photos of them. Thank you, Graham. It's that time. The Weekly App Hot 5. Graham, it's all about coffee this week. It is all about coffee. And you came up with this because you're like a coffee dude. I do like my coffee. I've got, a, I've got a, an espresso machine at home. I've got a, I've got a Breville uh, Barista Express, and I do like the coffee shops in and around town. So I was desperate for a cup of coffee thinking of what our hot five would be this week, and I came up with this. 
Number five on the Hot 5 app countdown here on the App Show is... Coffee Nerd. So this is for Android, and it is free. And it's a great resource for brewing instructions for any type of brewing equipment imaginable. So if you have an AeroPress or a Chemex or a Mocha Pot, this app has been uh, created so it will precisely tell you how to measure out each brew and has a built-in timer and space where you can create and save a custom brew. It's a bit older, uh, the app is, so it looks a little bit aged, but it's actually still working and it works just like a reliable coffee machine. We're talking about the Hot 5 app countdown. This week, it's Hot 5 coffee apps. Number four is Bruce Full, free for iOS. Its focus is on simplicity. It's it's a minimalist timer that helps you keep track of things step by step. You can add events partway through the brew time, calculating water-ground ratios, and keeping an eye on how well ground the beans are. In each case, you can save custom brew timers for later use, meaning a more personalized experience in the long term. It's ideal for the more experienced coffee enthusiast. Or as I say, coffee nerd. (laughs) Number three here on the Hot 5 app countdown. We're talking about Hot 5 coffee apps this week. Graham? Number three is Akaya Coffee, and this is available for iOS and Android. It has a 99 cent uh, in-app purchase, but there's a bit of a catch. And I'll get to that in a second. This app is for both iOS and Android. It ties into the Akaya Coffee scale via Bluetooth. And it not only helps calculating and brewing your perfect cup, but it also has a social network elements to it where you can share uh, notes on your brews, uh, different blends, and talk to other people through the social network. Now, the app can be used standalone, but if you're serious, you'll pick up the Akaya Scale, which is about $175 to help is, you measure. Is that your, the catch? That's the catch. Oh. Your beans, your water, improve that, 175 yes. bucks for a coffee scale. It, it says, I'm a coffee snob. Yeah, no kidding. Number two on the Hot 5 Coffee App Countdown. This is coffee art, and it's for iOS. This is free, and this is an art that focuses on teaching you all about latte art. You can learn three methods, free pouring, etching, and fudge art. And when you start getting better, you can start sharing pictures of what you've made uh, through the app itself. Sorry, fudge art? Fudge art. It's a thing. Number one on the Hot 5 app countdown, we're talking about the Hot 5 coffee apps this week. Uh, This is Kohai. Kohai is for iOS. It is $3.99. It is primarily a coffee brewing timer, but it's backed up with a ton of other useful features for the keen coffee brewer. This is my favorite app. It's why it's my number one. So it has advanced calculators and timers to ensure that you can just tell the app how much coffee you want to brew. It will figure out the exact amount of beans, the right amount of water for you to make an ideal cup. And it supports a number of brewing methods. Again, AeroPress, Chemex, all of those, along with a recipe manager for extra convenience. And yes, it supports all of that brewing equipment. That was our Hot 5 Coffee app countdown this week. Uh, We're going to go to our gaming app. What do we got this week? Our gaming app of the week is... Uh, a Canadian app. It was actually designed by a developer named Tracy Olfert, and she won uh, at 2020 D, uh, 2018 uh, WWDC for Apple with this app called Divi. It's a super cleanly designed app, and it's a beautiful way to master your recognition of multiples and prime factors. It's a math app. It's a very simple game. You're given a single number, and you have to figure out whether it's a multiple of one, both, or neither of the factors that are given to you. So there are four buttons. All you have to do is pick which answer it is and click. It's a great way of stimulating your brain and bringing you back to math class from high school. And it's free. It's available in the App Store right now, and it's a Canadian developer, so go download it and check it out. We still have a lot more to talk about here on the App Show, including what's streaming. So all the hot shows and movies on Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Crave TV. And we also have our fitness and travel app of the week coming up later in the program. You are listening to the App Show with Mike Agarbo, Christina Sternova, and Graham Williams. We'll be back shortly after this here on the Chorus Radio Network. You are back with the app show. Still a lot more to talk about. Of course, uh, this is one of my uh, favorite segments here. What's uh, coming up on the streaming services? Streaming this week. 
As always, uh, we start with Netflix, uh, and one of the big movies uh, they have coming out is Thor Ragnarok. So much has happened since I last saw you. I lost my hammer, like yesterday, so that's still pretty fresh. And then I went on a journey of self-discovery, where I met you. This was actually an excellent movie. Uh, I remember watching the first Thor movie, and I thought it was okay, but uh, they've gotten better and better. And this one actually has a lot of, uh, I guess, comedy bits in it as well that I think kind of makes it more human. Yeah, directed by uh, New Zealand's Taika Waititi. Uh, This is an absolute gem. And, uh, I mean... Fantastic performances from Jeff Goldblum and uh, from Chris Hemsworth in this. Probably my favorite Marvel movie. I would say this is this is actually the top. I really enjoyed that one-liner about the hammer. <laughs> that, still I fresh. haven't seen this one, but but the, it looks good. It, it, Hulk is in it too. Hulk is in it, um, and uh, Loki's in it. This is like like I said, this is just fantastic, and it really sets up uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Infinity War actually picks up literally. Uh, right after this movie ends. So if you're uh, if you're into the Marvel Pantheon, uh, this is one you definitely have to see. Also on Netflix this week, Alex Strangelove, a high school senior. Alex Truelove has it all. The grades, the girlfriend, and the motley crew of hilarious friends. Everything is smooth sailing until Alex shares that he's decided to part ways with his virginity. My name is Alex Truelove. Yes, that's my real name. I have a 4.0 GPA, I'm student body president, and I have a great girlfriend. You're coming with us to this party, and you're going to let your little constipated hair down and enjoy yourself. Come on, join the cool kids. I think we're here to corrupt you, Alex. There you- this looks like a, a fun coming-of-age uh, movie. Also on uh, Netflix, we have uh, Ali's Wedding. My son is finally a doctor! You just told the biggest lie in the world. We're going to do medicine together. There's this girl at the mosque. Diane, she's really nice. The Lebanese one. She was born here, wasn't she? You know the rumors we hear about girls born here. I was born here. Ah, your sister. (laughs) This is a fun one as well, and apparently a true story. Coming up also on Netflix uh, this week, All I See Is You. I'll restore the optical properties of the right eye. You'll be able to count fingers on day one. By week four, you should be at 2050. I'm going to have you count backwards from 10. 10. 9. Ooh. What is this one about, Christina? Uh, this uh, woman, it's actually Blake Lively in this one. Uh, her sight is restored. She's blind and uh, her sight is restored and she sees her husband for the first time. Does anything go wrong? Uh, Many things go wrong. (laughs) Okay, good. good. So definitely want to give this one a a watch. Also on uh, Netflix, we have Sense8, the series finale. I did not think I would survive prison. The truth is, we did. I never saw the, the... the first uh, series. Did you, Graham? No, I, I got about halfway through. And to be honest, like it, it was really good. I just never managed to get through the rest of it. So I think now that the series is over, I kind of do this with, with television series. It's, I let them finish, and then I can binge watch them. I got stung with like Carnival and a few others where you know they got like two seasons in and canceled it too early. So I like to, I like to let, let things play out personally. 
Also on Netflix this week, Explained. K-pop's worldwide takeover. Designer babies. Designer babies. The racial wealth gap has grown so large, it would take something truly radical to close it. One in five Americans had been in a non-monogamous relationship at some point. What will happen 20, 30, 40 years from now? This looks like a uh, fun series that uh, basically explains uh, different things. Yeah, you know that thing? Yeah, they can explain that. (laughs) On uh, Crave TV... Let's start with something a little edgy, Eric a little controversial. Griffin. Black Panther. It was just all right. <laughs> White people in this movie like, oh, my God, it was so good. I can't. Black Panther has turned into the new, I can say that, I have black friends. Like, you might say something. Again, Eric Griffin, American Warrior. And that uh, is coming up on Crave TV this week, a comedy special. Uh, we have also on Crave TV just another immigrant. Please welcome to the stage, Ramesh Ranganathan. I've been doing stand-up for seven, eight years in the UK. Got my own BBC show. One of the biggest tours in the UK last year. Now I'm going to walk away from that and do it all again in America. The plan is to go and be a stand-up in America. This is uh, another uh, comedy special, uh, a Showtime uh, documentary series as well, following this uh, uh, stand-up comedian as he goes from the UK to America. Also uh, here on Crave TV, if you're not in the obit, eat breakfast, an HBO documentary. Every morning, pick up my newspaper, get the obituary section, and see if I'm listed. If I'm not, I'll have my breakfast. I'm in my 90s, and I have friends who are in their 90s. And it's not just that they've reached a certain number. They're thriving. Was it luck? Good genes? Modern medicine? Why are so many people living such active lives into their 90s? We're going to head over to uh, Amazon now, and we've got All Night. Dad, this is my boyfriend, Martin. Pleasure to meet you, Mr. Gallo. Nice to meet you, Martin. Martin is a musician. The uh, banjo. Like Kermit the Frog. Christina, what's this one about? Uh, this one it, uh, is a bit of one of those uh, meet the parents type of thing where uh, this, this guy meets his girlfriend's dad and, of course, hijinks ensue. So uh, if you're up for a laugh, you want to give this one a shot. Apparently, she gets kidnapped halfway through and they have to go find her together. It's truly a touching story. <laughs> kind of like Lord of the Rings, but in reverse. It's kind of like Taken, but with uh, <laughs> with a comedic spin, I guess. Taken wasn't a comedy? <laughs> oh, God. No. Oh, that changes everything. No. Finally, on uh, Amazon, we've got Lost in Oz Season 1. Follow the magic adventures of Dorothy and Toto as they find themselves lost in the spectac- spectacular and pecu- peculiar land of Oz. Toto, we are not in Kansas anymore. <sighs> you strike me as an expert when it comes to magic. So this is a uh, kind of a 3D animated uh, series. Looks actually pretty cool. So uh, a great uh, family series uh, for you to check out. Graham, we're going to go to the creative app of the week brought to you by Vancouver Film School. What do we got? 
The Creative App of the Week this week celebrates the innovative spirit of uh, Vancouver Film School. It's a fun new app called New Pixels. So this app features a very simple set of tools and color options, allowing you to create pixel art by tapping and selecting shapes in a grid. Not only is it a creative app, but it's also a social network where everything that you create can be shared in real time, where it might make it onto the popular feed, where it will be viewed and possibly even loved by others. So New Pixels is $3.99, and it's a great way to stretch your creative muscles and have a little bit of fun at the same time. Thank you, Graham. That was a creative app of the week brought to you by Vancouver Film School. When we come back from the break, we'll get our fitness and travel apps of the week. Stay tuned. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. We still have a little bit of uh, time left here in the program. Before we get to our travel app of the week, Graham, you've got our fitness app of the week. What's going on? This week's fitness app is Foodvisor, and it's an incredibly cool way to keep track of your nutrition. You snap a picture. It's pretty cool, right? Mm -hmm. So the food recognition software will analyze the image that you see, and it will see what you've got to eat. It will log the calories for you in a trackable way. You can also scan barcodes on packaged food, create a food diary to save your favorite meals, and set some goals to either lose weight, gain weight, or maintain weight with a healthy diet. It's free to download, but if you want to continue, you're going to need to pony up every month. It's about 10 bucks a month. But there are actually quite a few promotions on this, so you can usually find a better deal if you you watch for it. So that is this week's Fitness App of the Week. Food visor. Sorry, it, you can take pictures of food and it I, knows? I thought you'd be impressed with that. Yeah, it actually uses image recognition. So you can snap a picture and be like, that's a hamburger. It's got cheese and bacon on it. Those are chicken wings. You should not be eating this. <laughs> Why are you doing this to your body? <laughs> You're going to die young. Like, it's just, it's a very... <laughs> well, on that note, uh, let's uh, head over to Christina with our travel app of the week. What do we got going on? I have uh, Instagram this week. Instagram. Wow, that's a new new one. None of you have ever heard of this app, right? No. Instagram? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, let's run with this. Uh, Why is this your travel app of the week? You know, uh, people use Instagram to look at uh, photos, uh, but I don't think they really tap into it for the things that it can do. And one of them is to provide you with a lot of inspiration and information about the places you travel to. So simply by searching the place that you're traveling to or perhaps even your own city, you get a lot of interesting photos at with uh, views, locations, bars, and angles of things that you never really noticed before. So it could be used in your own city if you're just looking to explore right here in Vancouver. For me, I uh, I follow a bunch of people who take photos of Vancouver, like Van City Wild, who we've had on the show here. And I get lots of inspiration about places to visit, like Joffrey Lakes. Has anyone been there? No, I've not. I hear it's cool, though. Yeah, it looks amazing. I'm doing that this summer. Uh, but of course, you can use it in other countries as well and not just locally. That's kind of cool. You know, I'll allow it. That's uh, That was a good choice. That's a solid call. <laughs> I, I thought we'd uh, try it from a different angle today. Yeah, fair. And uh, obviously, you use this a lot. I do. I love Instagram. Uh, the thing about this, though, is that you are really not necessarily looking at things from the perspective that other people see them and so to see some of their photos about the places that you're going to visit is actually really inspiring sometimes thank you christina that was our travel app of the week uh before we go i want to give an update uh you guys on uh, an app uh, we've talked about before uh missing x it's the lost and found app mm-hmm. um i lost a, a laptop in uh london heathrow where well, i thought i did anyway um, and so trying to navigate their website to find the lost and found apartment was a pain. Uh, and I came across this app and it actually has a number of airports, uh, taxis, bus companies, 
And it's just a general universal database of lost and found property, which is kind of cool. So anyway, I use that and they actually have uh, London Heathrow as a, a partner and I was able to message them through that and they got back to me. They didn't find it, but I was just pleased that they messaged me back. That's really nice. It's kind of cool. Yeah, Missing X. Missing X, uh, again, uh, for Google Android phones and iPhones. Uh, so you want to check that one out. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected, every week. Saturdays here on CKNW 980, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. We talk all about the world of smart home technology, digital cameras, and just all over tech goodness. That's all the time we have left. Mike, Christina, and Graham signing off for the App Show. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.